here in John chapter 11, verse number 25, he says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that dwelleth in me, though were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your words, Lord. Help us to be what we need to be. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you'll do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, Jesus, the resurrection and the life tonight. This is the fifth saying of the seven I am's uh, of the gospel of John. Christ said in chapter number six, he said, I am the bread of God. In John chapter eight, I am the light of the world. And he said in John chapter 10, I am the door and I am the shepherd. And here in John chapter 11, Christ claims and proclaims, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus makes this statement at a time to those that were very dear to his heart, Martha and Mary. They were on this day, Jesus makes this statement at the time Mary was discouraged because her brother Lazarus was dead. Martha was full of doubt. Lazarus was dead. I want to say Jesus knows what's to say, when to say it, at the time he needs to say it. There's a timing of a statement. Look at the truth of the statement. You know, you've been a lot of men that have claimed a lot of things in life. The problem is it wasn't true of people that claim today. They don't claim the right things. This is a big claim, and Christ met and fulfilled this statement within itself. It's not just he said, but the fact that it is true, he said, the resurrection and the life. Look, look at the triumph of this statement. What a statement is written in itself for Jesus to say, I am the resurrection and the life. That means tonight, if Christ is that, that I don't have anything to worry about in this life. And I don't have anything to worry about in the life that's going to come. Amen. Because Jesus is not only the physical life, but also he is the spiritual life. And, and he's also the eternal life. He is the giver of life, and thanks God, he is the resurrection and the life tonight. I want to give you a few points on this about the resurrection and the salvation that we see in these two verses here. I see the basis of salvation. Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. That is the basis of our salvation. That word basis means uh, uh, the part of which something stands or rests on. A, a cornerstone or, or a foundation. And that's who Jesus is. He is the foundation. He is the rock. He is the cornerstone. And you talk about salvation. Neither is salvation any other for the name of none under, under the name of heaven shall be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. We're not saved through a church. We're not saved through uh, good works. We're not saved uh, through baptism water. We're not saved through a plan. Thank God we're saved through a person, and that is Jesus Christ, our Savior tonight. It's all about Jesus. And the basis of our salvation is all about Him. You can't get to heaven without going to Him tonight. I know there are a lot of people claim there's many ways to heaven. But in order to go to heaven, you must go through Him. The, the, the old saying when in, in Europe, all roads lead to Rome. Well, if you were going to Rome, that would be a correct statement. But not all roads lead to heaven. 
Not every road goes to heaven. There's just one way to the pearly gates in heaven. And that's the way, life, and the straight of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No person. Uh, the person of salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection. I see the power in this statement. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the door. and He is the shepherd. But thank God he is the resurrection. And what that means, not only did Jesus Christ create life, but thank God can resurrect old life. Amen. We see the story here. Lazarus is dead and his sisters are uh, worrying and, and uh, they're discouraged and they're confused. And when Jesus makes this statement, I am the resurrection, it didn't sink into them. They didn't understand that. We, we know, Lord, we know on that day, that day, he said, no, you're not understanding. I am. I am. <laughs> I am the giver of life. I'm the raiser of life. Jesus created life. You know what salvation starts with tonight? It starts with a resurrection. It starts with a resurrection. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He has the power to get us up out of the grave. He has the power to give us new life in Christ. And thank God for that saving power. The basis of our salvation is seen in the person and the power of Jesus Christ. We see the product of it. He said, I am the resurrection of life. And not just any life. In the context of this scripture here, He's going to give Lazarus life back to him. He's going to give him physical life back to Lazarus. Jesus is not only doing the, to illustrate the, that he has the power to give life, but the life that he wants to give you and I is not just the physical life, but he wants to give us the spiritual life and the eternal life. We, 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 we look so much on the temporary life of this earthly life, but Jesus says it's much more than that. I don't want to give you something that's going to last throughout, throughout eternity. I see the believer in salvation here. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You know, you, you, in order to believe that, you must have faith. You have to have faith. The question for all of us, do, do you believe Jesus Christ? Do you believe Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, your Master, your Redeemer? The world is putting its faith in man today. What are you putting your faith in tonight? Which way are you facing with your faith tonight? Romans 12 said, uh, God hath dealt to every man a measure of faith. God gives us the ability to believe in someone or something. Man will put his faith into something or someone. He may put it in his faith in himself. He may put, he may put his faith in his friends. But when you do that, you're surely going to die without God. You can put your faith in religion, and that will not help you. You will still die without God. Where does your faith lie at tonight? Are you trusting in the one that can get you to heaven, 
The greatest place to put your uh, faith in is the Word of God and the Son of God. Put your faith in that. See, a lot of people complicate the process of salvation. Salvation is not a complicated thing. It's very simple tonight if a child can understand it. But the reason man complicates uh, salvation, man has got to get past what he cannot do for himself. He can't do anything for his salvation. And man cannot get past that. We must think that we have a part in salvation. You have absolutely no part of salvation except asking Christ to forgive you. There, I told you this morning, there are people I've dealt with and talked with that struggle with salvation because they came down and they got saved. They think they got saved. They said something. They prayed something. But yet they struggle with it because they cannot remember every detail of what they said. Can I say this? Most people get saved before they get to the altar because God has convicted them so much they walk down and already saved. You're just going down to the altar to let God know you received him. And the best way I can explain this, you married tonight, all you that are married tonight, I said this in Sunday school, you know that you're married because there's someone in the house with you. Amen. <laughs> but you also know that you're saved because someone is in the house with you. You're not by yourself. There's somebody inside of you directing you and guiding you and leading you. So you know you're saved. You, you may not remember, remember exactly what you said at the altar, but God is in you. I don't remember. Do you remember exactly what you said when you got saved? I remember nothing. All I know that I was a sinner on my way to hell and I needed God and I just went to the altar and said, Lord, forgive me, and then I don't remember much after that. But see, that's what the devil will tell you. You, you can't remember every process, and that's what man tries to do. Man says you've got to remember every detail of it or you, you're not right. That's what the devil will tell you in your mind. If you cannot remember everything you said at the altar, then you must not be saved. No. He'll try to convince you that you're not saved. All you did was go down to the altar and prayed and don't remember a thing. How do you know you got saved? You got saved because somebody lives in the house with you. There is a desire to live for God in your life and do the things of God in your life. The Word of God will either condemn you or it will comfort you. Amen. Just keep reading the Word of God and He will give you peace about salvation. If you doubt your salvation... You need to get to God and get it right. And then he talked about the former things. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. I am so glad that I am not what I used to be. You may be one of those that never got out, done anything in your life. Maybe you were one of those that was raised in church, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
Let me tell you what, every one of us went through a dramatic change in our life when we got saved, whether you was raised in church or not. Every one of us, because when God saved you, that was a change in your life that was dramatic. You can be sitting in church all your life and reading the Word of God and singing the songs of God and everything, but when God changed you, it was something special. I don't care how religious you were. We're all dead in trespassing sins until we come to Him. If he, if he was even raised in church or not. We're all walking dead men. Dead women, the Bible tells us. You may not gotten out and wallow into the filth of this world like some of us had. According to Ephesians 2, by the nature we're all children of wrath. You were living according to the course of this world, the Bible tells us. But God, who was rich in mercy and for His great love, within, He loved us. For grace, he saved us through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not your, that's not your salvation. It's, you cannot do anything for salvation. And that's the problem man has. I must do something in order to get salvation. You do nothing because salvation has already been done. It's the work's been done at Calvary. All you got to do is plead the case at the altar and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me. When you got saved, you got brought out of the graveyard. Can I say you that? You're no longer dead anymore. Do not minimize your testimony. Let me say this. Do not minimize your testimony. So you didn't smoke. Praise God you didn't. So you didn't drink alcohol. Praise God you didn't. You didn't run around. You didn't do all these things. That was the grace of God in your life. And it keeps you out of sin. But it took just as much power to save you that did not wallow in the sin, did not run in this world, as those that did run in the world, those that did wallow in the sin. It took just as much grace and power to save you as it did them. I'm just saying there's no telling where you would be at night. He was a believer in your past life. Then, then he looked at the future. I love this. Ye shall he live. Yet shall he live. You know, it feels good tonight to know that some people have a missing element in their life and they don't even know they're missing it. They come to church uh, three times a week most of the time. They carry the King James Bible they dress right, talk right, act right, but yet they have no life in them at all. None whatsoever. I think that's the question that you and I have to ask ourselves tonight. Is there life on the inside of us? Or am I dead to the things of God? Listen to me. If you want to live for Jesus Christ, nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. If you don't want to live for Jesus Christ, guess what? Nobody can make you. Nobody can make you. I can't make you. Mom and dad can't make you. But as long as you live in the house, they'll make you come to church. 
But I, I understand these younger people. I understand that they, 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 they were looking for that day that they can walk out and say, hey, I'm on my own. I can do my thing. And, and you, maybe you'll get 18, 19, 20, and you walk out, and you, see, you go to get your job, and you go get your apartment, you say, well, I'm not going to go back there because they got so much demands on my life there, but I, I'm not going to get out of church. The devil will tell them, you, you don't need to get out of church because go find you a church that is watered down. And a lot of the young people today are looking for that type of church. They don't want restrictions. They don't want demands. They don't want to have to follow uh, God's word to every T and I and cross the letter. They don't want to follow that. They want to just live their life and get a little dose of religion sometimes on Sunday and say, I feel good about it. I'll tell you what happened to you when you get older. You say, that old-time religion ain't good for me. I don't need that old-time religion. I do. I'm not recovering from anything. I don't care what the world is doing out there. I don't care what other churches are doing out there. They can do their own thing. I care about those souls. And I'll tell you, I, I, I worry about souls. I worry about church people who claim to be church people. And, and their life is just not that. I worry about But I'm not worried about they doing They can have their drugs and have the alcohol. They can have light shows. They can have whatever they want to. I, I love the King James Bible. And it is the version that I want in my life. And it's the old time religion. And it's good for me. It'll set you free. It, it, it's, it's the right book tonight. I don't care if a man's got so many degrees in their life that breaks the thermometer. I don't care. I don't get nervous about that. I'm just saying if you don't take this word, this Bible, this God's word, I, I don't care if they make fun of the preaching of, or the singing. They can make fun all the time. I'll, I don't matter. Don't matter me. I don't even flinch about it. The best thing that ever happened to me is church. Old-fashioned preaching. Old-timey songs. They can have everything to this world they want to take. Just give me Jesus in that old-fashioned way. Give me a church on the side of the road somewhere. That's what I'm looking for. I'm telling you, before I got saved, I didn't care nothing for this. I didn't care for the preaching. I didn't care for the altar. I didn't care for the singing. I didn't have no care about that. But when I got born again, it is amazing to me how you can be loving one thing, get born and hate that thing you loved, and now love the thing that you hated. I didn't want to go to church, but boy, when I got born again, I couldn't wait to get in church. When I was running out of the world, they said, let's go to church. You crazy. I'm having fun out here. I told you this morning, it's pleasure and sin for a season. And it will mess your life up. I, 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 I love church. I love coming to church. And I've, I'm so glad I took off the old coat and put on the new coat. And I put off the old ways and put on the new ways. And now I know who the resurrection is. I know who the life is. The Word of God is in my life. If a man that is saved and gets out of church, you better believe that God's going to chasten him 
and is going to come after him. But if he keeps going on and does not get right with God, God's going to leave him alone. How many of y'all whip your children? Oh, today's word, spank your children. I, I never got a spanking in my life. I got whipped. I got whipped. <laughs> I got whipped with a belt. <laughs> and when they, they start into you, they wouldn't let know until they got tired. <laughs> I got whipped one time so long by my daddy, I start laughing at him. And I start laughing at him because he didn't whip me so much, he kept on whipping me. And it's amazing to me. I'm going to tell you, if you don't whip your children, get this. I just, if you don't whip your children, when God starts coming after whipping them, they ain't going to turn around. But what you're trying to tell your children, you can't do this, is the way to go. And, and they've been whipped for it, and, and God's going to do the same thing. When God comes after them, they can ignore it because they never got it at home. And I love my dad. I really love my dad and mom. I really loved them. But my dad would whip me so much. I'd be. <laughs> and they always seem to ask the question when you're crying. I can't, I can't even speak. Got something to say, boy? Really? Got something to say? No. I ain't got nothing to say. But I knew I was wrong when I got it. I knew what I'd done was wrong. I just tried to dodge from getting that whipping that was coming. And those that's in church, and trust me, if you're born again, you're sitting in church, and then you start drifting away and getting outside, you know it's coming. Because the Word of God says it's going to come. But if you never had to face it at home, when it does come, you're able to ignore it. And I know kids don't want to hear this, but whip your kids. Don't spank them, whip them. Do like it to me. Go out and get me a stick. You come back a little limp, a bush. No, no, no. You go get me a stick. We used to have tobacco sticks in my granny's house. That's what we got whipped with, tobacco sticks. But I got it because I know it was wrong. I was wrong. So whipping your kid is not a bad thing. Now, I'm not talking about abuse. we got people today that's gone to extreme on whipping. Correct your child. If you correct your child now, then when God goes to correct them later, they'll be able to receive it better. And they'll stop. Whoa, wait a minute. This ain't right. How do you know it's not? Well, because when my mom and daddy got a hold of me, that wasn't right. I got it. And God's the same way. God wants, God wants to make sure he corrects you and he's going to come after you. Amen? Kids don't want to hear that today. You can wind up, and if you don't do that, you can wind up like a boy in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. We have too many children today that was raised in church, lived in church, seen the things of God, but when they got to the age that they could run, they ran. This is like the prodigal son that had to go to a far country. And a lot of our kids today is getting that far country look in their eyes. They, they see what they're doing over there. It looks good. It looks fun. I, I think I want to try that. I'm not going to get out of church, but I want to go over and try that. You try it one time. It leads to another time. It leads to another time. You go ahead and leave. 
God's going to get your attention. He's going to bring you back. But you know what you're going to come back with? Scars. Scars. The prodigal son left. And he came back with scars. He came back with things he shouldn't have been with. I am glad there is grace tonight. I am glad there is mercy tonight for us. I'm glad that when we step away from God, God reaches out and gets our attention that we come back to where God wants us at. And I love this thought, have you gone to where God wants you at? Have you gone to where God wants you at? Is your life exactly where God wants you at in your life? I believe that. I believe you need to be exactly where God wants you at. I said last Wednesday night, you've got a home church. You need to be in your home church. Well, they're there. They're at the home church. But if you're not getting fed at, <laughs> if you're not getting what God wants you to get at the church that you're going to, you better find a church that's going to feed you. Because there's a lot of stuff out in this world that churches are throwing out, and, and it's not the right thing. It's not the Word of God. But if you ain't getting the Word of God in your life, you need to find a place where God needs you at. Ask God. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Any man believeth in me, he shall not perish. He shall not die. Is he your resurrection? Is he your life tonight? Amen. Amen.